Good morning. It is Wednesday and welcome to another episode of Ideas in Motion. Today we're going to talk about time management. And before you roll your eyes and stop this and go away, we're, we're not actually talking about how you can fit more in in your day. And this is actually not um, coming from a place of judgment of how you use your time or saying that you know you, you don't have control over your time or that you don't know how to use your time. This is not an um, a episode about that. In this time management video, I'm going to share with you one of the strategies that I use to find more pockets of time. I've, in the industry that I work in right now, I find that that's one of the biggest struggles. And, you know, if we look at where the environment is right now, a lot of us have been um, changing uh, our environment and we're working remotely. And there's a whole other bunch of stuff that is in the um in in our in our time windows right so i'm going to share with you one of uh, my top strategies again it's from a, a no judgment zone it's a self-awareness practice but first i want to share with you a personal story on how i came across really learning this principle and how i became aware of finding these pockets of time that could be used in other ways. So when I was 33, I was faced with a choice that I needed to either quit smoking or go on birth control or go off birth control, right? That, that's a big choice to, to make. And so I chose to do both at the same time. And I, I know it's like unconventional. I thought that I would be able to leap off. I, I did a cold turkey right? I, I didn't want to be having something else that I had to quit or get rid of. Um, and so I chose to do it cold turkey. And I had been smoking since I was 13 years old. So I couldn't even really remember what it was like to be a non-smoker. When I was 13, I started smoking because I was really looking for an accepting crowd to be in. And there was something about the smoking pit you know, all you needed to fit in was a pack of smokes in, in, in your pocket and, and one hanging out of your mouth. And so it was an easy in for someone like me who, you know, felt out of place a lot of times as I was growing up. So I started at 13 and I, throughout my smoking life, I enjoyed it. I loved the fact that I could go and take a smoke break and sit back. I enjoyed it after meals. It, you know, I always was able to think clearly and process if I had, if I had a cigarette and, and, you know, I knew when to stop eating when I was hungry, when I was on that next crash diet, my cigarettes were my best friend because it would help me from, you know, eating more, which that's a whole other episode, but, you know, without dragging this out. It was something that I didn't remember not doing. So by the time I was 33, I'd never, I'd never tried. I'd never tried to quit because I liked it too much. But then being faced with the decision of, you know, having to go off birth control or quit smoking because the age was going up, I, you know, started to think about, you know, what are these things that I'm putting in my body? And 
why am I doing that? And do I really need to do that? And I might be running on a treadmill one day and I could collapse because, you know, my risk of stroke is, is up for having both of these in my body. So I don't want to collapse and I need, I, I need to continue with my fitness or else I'm going to gain weight. My biggest fear of quitting smoking was the fact that I was going to gain weight. So what started to happen when I quit is, I, is, is number one, I realized quickly that I wasn't going to be able to sleep it off. I'm a really good sleeper and, and it just didn't work. That backfired. I actually was more awake. I was a hamster running in a wheel and I had so much time. I was like, this is ridiculous. It's like time is not moving forward. And all I could think about was the fact that I'm not smoking. I'm not smoking. I had to learn how to get comfortable with self-regulation. I had to, well, I spent some time sitting at a pond talking to ducks and actually cursing them because they had, you know, so much happiness in their life and they never had to worry about smoking or non-smoking. I went to the mall and I, and I looked around and I browsed around and all I could think about was the fact, hey, I'm doing this. I'm a non-smoker. I'm a non-smoker. But like I said, the hardest part was regulating those habits in the time. So, you know, I would sit down and I would have my meal and then I would have a smoke. I would go outside eight times a day, eight to 10 times a day, 10 minutes at a time to have a smoke break. That's an hour and a half. That's an hour and a half a day that I got back of white space or productivity time. And at that time in my life, I had no idea what to do with it. So I ate lots of apples and I made my meals bigger with lots of crunchy, crunchy vegetables because it would take longer to eat. And I had to keep myself busy that way to keep myself a non-smoker. I found ways to distract myself which at that point I was just in survival mode. But now at 48, 15 years later, I'm still a non-smoker and I never went back. I, I knew, I know that I'm always one away from being a smoker again. I don't have that personality. But that where I can just like have one on the weekend and then, you know, go to be a non-smoker again. I just, I just don't. I, so I don't even want to test the waters. So in finding that time, that hour and a half, um, of course, I, I learned how to, you know, mo I, I learned how to moderate, you know, what I was eating because that kind of got out of control. You know, Karen, your break is done. I like, you know, I still have like this ginormous salad to go and because I can't go out for a break outside at work have a smoke after I you know chug back or work back this protein bar or protein shake because whatever it's quick so that I can have more time outside smoking yeah everything reversed and I started to become late again that's that's going to be another story another episode so I want to bring it back to how you can find the pockets of time now I'm a non-smoker but it doesn't mean that things that that I don't have to self-regulate with these types of practices they come back into your life over and over again and you have to continue it's never one and done so what's the new smoking oh what you ask it's scrolling okay 
So scrolling for me can be a massive pacifier. And it was, a, you know, it's a couple of years ago, not a couple of years ago. It's like, it's something that I've actually on and off struggled with for the past seven years um, since I became, um, you know, it, it, since I transferred from working at a stationary place, like a, a, a brick and mortar business to coming to online business, you, you have to be plugged in. You have to be plugged into the source. So I would find myself scrolling, you know, seeing what everybody else is doing first thing in the morning. By, by the time I know it, like half an hour has passed by. What else could I have done with that half an hour? And what, what happens if that's happening like three, four, five, six times a day? And all of those things that you're leaving on your desk that are undone, and I'd walk away feeling like a failure. Like I have more that I have to do and stuff that I didn't do. And look, those things that I really wanted to do, another day's gone by and I haven't done them. And nothing feels worse than letting yourself down repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly. You know, because you can go out on your day, you make all these other people happy doing the things that you need to do for them. And so that gives you little dopamine shots because, you know, serving. But at the end of the day, when you continuously promise yourself that you're going to do something and you don't, that's more damaging. So the exercise that I do is I take an inventory of my day. I take a full inventory. So when I feel myself slipping, I go back to this process. So this does two things, actually. For number one, it helps you to find all those pockets of time that are being wasted, and it helps you self-regulate right off the hop. Have you, have you ever started tracking, like, your calories or your food or, or anything like that, where as soon as you start tracking, it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe I won't have that extra spoon of peanut butter because I have to enter it into my fitness pal. And that means I have to, I have to admit that I did that. If it's not being said, it's not being done. If it's not written down, it's, you can, you can just dismiss it. And there's no room to course correct. So like I said before, like, this is not, I'm not perfect at this. I'm always re-regulating. In fact, I'm just actually in the finishing processes of developing a 28-day journal and planner that this is actually one of the first exercises we walk through. And, you know, it's about to be released. So if, you, if you're interested in it, depending on when you're listening to this, it might already be in the link below um, where you're listening to this from. So here's the thing. You got to come at it from a no judgment zone. This is not a lashing like, oh, I, you know, I'm such a horrible person because I don't know how to spend my time. I'm a grown adult and here I am wasting my time and this is why I'm useless. No, 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 no. It's basically just a self course corrector because in that inventory of your day, what are you going to do with that? You're not only going to find the, the pockets of time and course correct, correct, you're also going to find all those little things 
that are not serving anymore or all those little things that are like, hmm, do I really need to do that at that time? Or holy smokes, <laughs> that's a good pun for today's show. What, what, like, how many clients do I really need for the bottom line? And what would happen if I just shifted my time so that I could, I could do that one thing that I keep promising myself to do first? Would that matter to, you know, Susie or Betty or Nancy or, or whoever else is calling on me? And how much would that change my mindset and my self-awareness and my just energy for the day if I was able to do the thing that I keep telling myself I'm going to get that done? Because really, time is a thing that you don't get back. You have now. And that's it. So I'm going to be working on a series of time and time management, but like not the roll your eyes kind of time management, almost like kind of like the survival guide for, for where we are in, in the temperature of, of the universe right now. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, funny story. Okay. You can see him behind. Today is a big day for the dog. If you've been following the story about Tula, um, she is getting her stitches out today. It's 14 days post-recovery. And, you know, speaking of time, I've had to adjust a whole lot of things. It's having the like having, um, you know, a new thing and a new responsibility that I need to do every single day that was not in my life and, and there's time around it she has to have meds at certain times she has to have her um physiotherapy at certain times and i still need to you know run the business and and work with my clients and all all of these other things and keep my fitness and self-care in and all these other things still need to happen so in times like this when when we have things that interject into seasons of our life, this is where I find my inventory of time the most helpful for me because I know that some things have to go off the plate in order to fit other things in um, because I've done this many, many times and I've also hit burnout a couple of times too. And I know what that feels like as well. And so you never want it done. So I'm going to close this show out today. Thank you so much for uh, listening. And, at, you know, in the future, 